We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Carla Navas, and with me today is producer and co-founder, Brian Goins. Heat in four. We have our statistician and professional photoshopper, Christian Hernandez. Heat in six. <laughs> we have our statistician and pun master, Dekaius Duncan. Hello, hello. Of Basketball News. <laughs> Welcome. We C- congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, new venture. Long time coming. Um, would not be here without you guys. So thank y'all. No, you have completely earned this off the back of your own labor, talent, and wonderful work. Take ethic. the fucking compliment. Yeah, take the compliment. We have nothing to do with this. We just <laughs> no, I meant, I meant us. Oh, us, whatever. Uh, because <laughs> what, what's the new publication will you be writing for? Give us the Twitter information and your first article before we get to our last guest. Ah, uh, okay. So new place is Basketball News. The bas- The Twitter account is Basketball News without the A, the, the second A in basketball. 
Uh, my first piece went up. It was on Luka Doncic and how he's kind of uh, kind of shaped the series by how he's run pick and rolls and like how the Clippers have defended that and how he's kind of carved up just about everything except the traps, which you're kind of seeing now in game six. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Um, I do have some heat stuff coming tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that as well. And yeah. Check that out. We're going to link all that in the in the pod description. Also joining us today is our 2K coach, Frankie Garcia. Heat in five. Oh, there we go. So today we are previewing the Heat and Bucks series. It's a matchup that I think we all anticipated. Uh, we've all looked forward to in a way because Miami has had a lot of regular season success against the Bucks, albeit some weird games, especially the first one. It's incredibly weird. So we're kind of doing a preview thing, and I wanted to kind of start on like kind of the defensive matchup because that's going to be a lot in this series. I think the Bucks and the Heat are both really entrenched in their identity, both offensively and defensively, especially the Heat, who they are on offense, and the Bucks, who they are on defense. So I, I kind of I kind of want to get your thoughts. So like, Nikias, I'm looking at the matchups, and I've watched a lot of film today, and the thing that really jumped out at me a lot was Middleton has always started off on Duncan. Uh, Jimmy is guarding Middleton, so that's a lot of cross matchup going on. Uh, Bam on Lopez, and Bledsoe was on none, and Derek Jones Jr. was on Giannis, right? So we have kind of a lot of these cross matchups going on, but I think there's some easy substitutions, right? So if Derek, obviously not going to start. Uh, that's Jay Crowder, you know, very easily slips into that role defending Giannis if they're going to stick to what they did. Uh, Bledsoe, while none isn't there starting for him to defend anymore, I'm sure that Dragic is a, is a very natural fit they mm-hmm. seem pretty. They seem pretty committed to have Bledsoe on a guard that that's going to kill them with dribble penetration and not really Duncan, who's kind of going across screens. So I'm kind of thinking: Do you think like this regular season stuff holds, or do you think the Bucks and the Heat kind of go a little bit different? Um, I'm more concerned, maybe not concerned, but more interested to see what the Heat do because we've. It seems like we've seen something different in all three matchups. I mean, the first matchup, Justice Winslow was a member of the Heat. Jimmy Butler didn't play. That's an overtime win. Um, we fast forward to the bubble. Kelly Olenek and Bam were starting together, and there was no Jimmy in the third game. So we haven't really seen – we really haven't had any consistency on what the Heat want to do from a lineup perspective. So I'm actually interested to see if they want to go bigger with Kelly and kind of have him picking and popping, which would make sense against Brooke Lopez in that drop. If they want to stick with Jay Crowder and stay small and they can switch more, but maybe that opens up Milwaukee to go to Brook Lopez in the post more, which is something Milwaukee's done a lot more this year. So I I don't think much holds from the Heat perspective. I think Milwaukee is going to play things pretty straight. So like that's actually kind of interesting because I, I today watching I realized that they use Jay Crowder a lot as a screener for Jimmy, and they were getting a lot of threes. I mean the Kelly Olynyk pick and pop is pretty. I think we all really familiar with that. But the the way they were, they were kind of using. Jay as a pick and popper and they were getting really really good looks every time down the floor when they did that and if Giannis would kind of step up a little bit you know Jimmy would have kind of some angles to take it to the paint Miami had a really really tough time in that second matchup they they only scored like one basket in the paint in the first half uh, which is obviously like not a good recipe uh, so like I, I kind of like the idea of starting Kelly as well because he he's outplayed Brooke in I think all their matchups Kristen I know you had some numbers that you were talking earlier about Miami's rebounding that you were kind of concerned and maybe brought up Kelly starting well it was not so much about Miami's rebounding but more 
what the Bucks can do with their starting five. I mean, having Giannis and Brooke Lopez out there together, those are two massive guys, one of which is incredibly athletic. And it's why the, the Bucks usually pound teams on the boards. And that's the one downside you see of the lineup that the Heat used in the first round is going smaller with Jay at the four is a pretty big compromise. If you have, even if you have Bam or Jay checking Brooke Lopez, he's essentially getting unguarded shots because there's no way that you're going to be able to defend his shot, especially when he's taking three pointers from 27 feet, you know, um, without somebody having somewhat near the length that he does. Um, so that's why there's, you know, there's an argument there for playing somebody like Kelly, who's already got Spose trust. He, he has, you know, despite his, you know, his limitations, he has the, the right knack for being in the right place at the right time, especially around the rim, which is important for a lineup that's a little bit smaller. So I think the heat should definitely consider sizing up for this series. So like the only thing I'll say to that is that, I mean, in the last match if they played Derek, they started Derek Jones Jr. Who's, you know, a guy that even though he has some length and he has the athleticism, he's a guy that's very easily boxed out and he's a guy that can get pushed by smaller guys around. So, and I, I think they managed to survive in that instance. Uh, and I kind of like Jay, like in that, in that starting lineup, I think it's worked for them. And I think Kelly off the bench, because you want kind of another DHO option, right? So Bam is going to really kind of be the hub of a lot of what they do offensively, you know, with the starters, him and Jimmy. And then when, without Dragic on the bench, uh, I think you're going to want Kelly to kind of help that offensively, especially with the handoffs. I don't know, Frankie, what do you think? Um, it, I, I, I think Spoh's going to probably, uh, have to go early uh see how it works he's he'll he usually lets game one uh go as as he's been going and not mess with the rotations and stuff and then if he makes that adjustment it'll be game two um i mean if if they're getting killed game one hopefully you know he he makes that adjustment mid-game but you know (laughs) i spoke to me uh so we'll see we'll see i like the idea of kelly he has played well and he, he uh, against the Bucks. Uh, he looks comfortable around there, around against them, and I, I I'm comfortable with him uh, starting or coming off the bench. I, th- I think he's he's uh, earned uh, uh, either either spot. So the thing I'll say is that Kelly has completely and very comfortably outplayed Lopez in like almost all their matchups, right? And a lot of and like he survives defensively. Right. So when they try to post Lopez up, he, he's big enough that, like Christian said, he can kind of bother him or make shots tough. Um, th- there's been a lot of possessions where he kind of runs him off the line, forces him into a little mid range kind of you know footwork situation, uh, which Miami is obviously going to live with every single time. I get worried if he gets put in the pick and roll with Giannis, but also what they've done a really good job of using Kelly's length to wall off. You know, they want to take away that spin move. I think that's first and foremost for the Heat. You want to take away the spin move, and then you want to take away the first easiest pass. And, and if Giannis is going to make more complex passes, then I think you live with that. I, I think that's been pretty consistent in their game plan. So I've watched a lot of film the last couple of days, and it's made me a little weary because I think offensively, Miami's going to have to hit a lot of mid-range shots, not only threes. I mean, the dribble handoff stuff, we, we know that they're pretty consistently uh, good at, and Milwaukee's dropping on that every single time. Like, Lopez is super deep in the paint. Uh, Ilyasova, even Giannis, it's like, they're deep. So, like, Miami's going to get to run the dribble handoff stuff uh, pretty easily, but if none is going to see limited playing time, it's going to, a lot of this is going to fall on Jimmy and Goran, 
to kind of create in that mid-range area if they're not getting to the paint. And that's the stuff I'm kind of worried that they could recreate from that March 2nd uh, win. Uh, Nikias, I know that you've done a lot of work with this too, so I'm kind of wondering what you think there. Um, I think that's going to be the biggest key, honestly. Um, Again, Milwaukee drops their bigs probably as far back as any other team in the league. So with Miami also having good screeners, Bam's a good screener, Kelly Olin's a good screener, Myers Leonard, if we see him, is a good screener. Um, that's going. They are good at not only making contact, but also setting the angle to help their guards get downhill. And that's going to set up some easier mid-range looks. You obviously don't want those like pull-up 20-footers. If you get closer to the elbows or a little bit, you know, below the, uh, well, right above the restricted yeah, yeah. area, get those kind of mid-range Free shots. Throw line. Yeah, like those are some good looks. That Goran Dragic has gotten better at knocking down. Jimmy Butler has generally been fine at knocking down. Tyler Hero can get to that, and that can help set up a step back. Um, Duncan Robinson has become more privy to coming off of a dribble handoff and the guard overplays him, which is what Milwaukee's done. You know, he can get downhill, kind of create those two-on-one situations. So I think it is the stage is set for Miami to kind of live on those shots. And if they can make enough of those, Milwaukee can't does have a tendency to overhelp at times because they want to collapse on the paint as much as they do. So that could um, generate some more open looks from three, and that's really what Miami wants to get to anyway. I don't know, man. I'm really worried because, like, when you got your guards going down here, especially Tyler, who's been really, really good in the bubble at kind of getting to the paint, that's what I'm worried about because now it's not, you know, the pacer. Now it's not Miles Turner, who's a really good player, right? It's Giannis and Lopez, and if not, it's Giannis and Ilyasova, right? It's a lot of size. A guy like DiVincenzo has been really, really good at getting around screens. He's done a great job on Duncan. This season, I mean, he, Milwaukee's really, really committed to their guards going over screens, and that's been giving guys hell. Christian, what you got? Uh, so I was I was just looking through the on-off data, and um, I mean, one of the things to me that's been curious about the Heat's entire season since the trade, uh, where they traded Justice Winslow for Andre and Jay, is don't how forget Solomon Hill. Yeah, man. don't forget Solomon and, Hill. and Solomon Hill. Solomon Hill Erasure. Right. But I'm trying to focus on the guys who it seems like are actually going to play. <laughs> Shout out wow. to Solomon, though. Um, um, but this is a pretty interesting data point because it seems like uh, since they've been on the team and the Heat have played the Bucks, which I think it looks like they've played them was twice. It tw- twice since the trade. Yeah. yeah. March. You had Jay and... Iggy, it looks like they sh- they were trading off whenever one was on the court, the other one would replace him because Iggy had 41 minutes and Jay had 55, and their off-court number uh, minutes are exactly the opposite. So it seems like that's what was happening. And what's interesting is that the Heat were plus 23 net in those 41 minutes that Iggy played, but minus 22.8 net in the 55 that Jay played. And it's tough to like really figure out that that's just a lot of noise in a very limited sample, but it's, it's interesting because I think Jay was starting for those games. Wasn't he? No, March 2nd. No. Was he not? No, it was, so he was coming off the bench. Yeah. It was both, both of them came off the bench. That, but I'm assuming he was closing those games, right? Yeah. Well, right. the, the March second game was a blowout. I, th- I yeah, think March second one was yeah, a blowout. That was, was at a, home. Yeah, that, that's when in the third quarter they really pulled away. Yeah, that um, was a game Christian gave me tickets for. Shout, shout out to out. Christian. <laughs> shout out. So, like the Andre stuff, I thought Andre played really well. Not only just like kind of having quick hands in the passing and stuff, but they used him a lot as a screener as well. 
uh, and they got a lot of really good looks and they were using him to screen for Goran and screen for Jimmy. And I really liked that for them. And they kind of had none and other guys on the weak side who could just be kind of standstill shooters. Uh, and they were having Iggy pop, right? So that, that like Andre, Andre very much, they were, they were like looking for him to get open to shoot the ball. And I don't know if Miami's willing to do that a lot, but it's certainly, it, that was certainly their game plan with Andre on the floor. And he knocked down a lot of looks. The J stuff, I kind of think that's a little bit of noise. In the minutes I saw, like uh, what I've watched, he's looked really good. And a lot of that was without Bam and without Jimmy. Uh, Hold on, Yanni. Don't do not do that. Don't start getting confidence in Jay. Keep up with the bit. Uh, no, I, keep... I mean, he played well. I mean, I can't. I, no, no, I no, no, no. Don't give him good. any credit. I, I, I will don't say. Him, I, I don't even I, try. No, yeah, Jay's going to regress. He's coming back to earth. He's, co- he's going to go. regress. That's this what is, we needed. He's going to. Re- you know, today I'm watching I'm watching the Raptors Celtics games and I, and I yelled, I think three times, this is a norm series. And he clanked a three. He turned it over. And another time he like fell. I'm cursed. I'm fucking cursed, man. I can't. I can't have a take and it be right. Yeah. Just, Please be I'm concerned gonna, more about his golf-sized ankle. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've had the rest. They've had the layoff. Jimmy. Jimmy says his shoulder's good to go. I mean, they're hopefully, you know, they're gonna look good. I you guys want to? I have I have something that I actually want you guys to guess. What's Duncan Robinson's numbers versus the Bucks in all three games this season? Want to guess like, what his three-point percentage is and his field goal percentage? Well, I know in the March second game he was they, they, the Bucks like went through hell and high water to make sure that he didn't go off. So I, I think he had like eight points that game. Um, I, I don't know. I don't. Even, I don't because he didn't play a lot the first. Duncan's the weird part of this matchup because in the in the in the March second in the, in the middle matchup that they had, you know, the Bucks did a really good job of focusing and keying in on taking away what he would do off the DHO. They had uh, Chris Middleton and Divincenzo kind of chase him around all day and stick with him, and, and they they. They did a good job. And then you have the last game without Jimmy. And then the first game, I don't even think he played. So I don't even, I don't even know how to guess. It's really weird. So three games, he's played 30 minutes average for all three games. He scored 52% on 8.3 field goals. Seven of those field goals were three pointers. And he made 52.4% of those three pointers. I feel like that's a lot of, of from the, from the last game, a lot of noise from that last game. Um. Well, it's it's surprising. Wait, August sixth. Yeah, the last game. That was the August sixth yeah. game. I mean, that was his best game against the Bucks. He had twenty one points on eleven shots. He was five of nine from behind the arc. The Heat were minus twenty in his minutes. So, I mean, like, <laughs> if, if you think about it, when they run those dribble, like, I think the biggest strength of the Bucks is the fact that they just give you nothing in the paint, right? So when you run a two-man game on the perimeter, you're really taking away what Giannis does. Giannis and Brook Lopez are really special at, right? Like you're you have these guys on the perimeter, you're just involving DiVincenzo, Middleton, and then the big who drops is essentially not even in the play most of the time. And that's the thing that I think this matchup's going to come down to. If Miami can hit enough of those, is Bud going to have to adjust? And that's, I mean, we saw it last year against the Raptors. I mean, Van Vliet and Lowry were killing him from three, just did not budge. And then that cost him the series when, you know, Kawhi finally figured out the Giannis thing. So, like, Nikai is like, I don't, I don't really see, this is like, this is such a straightforward matchup to me. It's going to really come down to those specific actions. And are they going to force one coach to adjust or the other? Yeah, I think just how those dribble handouts specifically, um, it's funny you mentioned, uh, I was looking through some data earlier today for the piece that I'm working on. 
And uh, Miami's second worst performance from an efficiency standpoint on dribble handoffs came against the Bucks. March 2nd? Yeah, that speaks yeah. to just how many good perimeter defenders that they have. You've mentioned DiVincenzo. You've mentioned Middleton. You haven't really mentioned Wes Matthews, who has done a phenomenal job with chasing Duncan specifically. Um, you know, so Eric Bledsoe is one of the best guys at navigating screens. George Hill is good at that. So as you mentioned that the bigs drop, and it's true, and that those shots are going to be open if the pick hits, the Bucks have just done a fantastic job of making sure that they don't get caught on those screens. And then a lot of those dribble handoffs that have featured Duncan so far in the regular season series, it's been a lot of take the handoff, pump fake, toss it back to Bam reverse yep. course, and then mm-hmm. go. So the Heat are working so hard just to generate looks off of those dribble handoffs, which should, which should be pretty straightforward considering the coverage. But those perimeter guys have done just a great, such a great job on sticking with Duncan, sticking with Tyler Hero. So I think, honestly, you're going to want to see more shot making in those dribble handoff sets, but this might be more of a pick and roll series for the Heat. Just, That's think, interesting because I, I disagree with that. I think they may want to go a little more north-south just to force the Bucks to rotate a little bit because those perimeter guys are so good at going east-west and it takes so much energy just for Duncan to shake loose if it's taking two or three flips on those dribble handoffs. And you already have Duncan chasing guys on the other end of the floor. Well, I but think that's why I think we might see a lot of Tyler getting the ball in his hands. Because I, I kind of agree with that. If there's anybody who showed off last series that they can, you know, slide off a pick and just with one dribble get to a spot and make a comfortable shot, it's Tyler. Yeah. So I feel like if, if he's hitting that shot, you know, like if if they're able to to get the defender a half second off of, you know, getting back, that's enough time for Tyler to get a shot off. So if he's making those shots, he could swing a series. And Gordon was doing the same thing against the Pacers too, and he had a hell of a series. He's probably the MVP of that series too. I mean, Goron was just, if he keeps playing the way he's playing, I mean, both of them, they they were both so surprising to me. And that series, obviously, they're going to go a big step up in defensive intensity uh, going against the Bucs. But at the same time, I feel like the Bucks are also going to experience that going against the Heat. So both teams are going to be working a lot harder on offense. It's going to be interesting to see. I'm, I'm interested to see how much the Bucks starters play because even in the, in the last round, Giannis played 31 minutes per game. Like if the Heat push them to play longer, how are they going to deal with that increased workload that they haven't had to deal with really? I think the Giannis stuff, I, I think it's pretty clear that they have to win the Giannis minutes, which it's funny because when I watch the regular season matchups, they really didn't. I, at least I don't feel like I, I don't I don't have like hard numbers in front of me, but it's just like hashtag, you know, mm-hmm. eye test. Uh, well, they, li- they didn't look like they were winning the minutes without Giannis. I think they were. And I kind of think that that's a bit of a product of regular season. Like you're just so focused in on the star that your entire game plan is just focused on. Please don't let Giannis mm-hmm. do the spin move with left hand or everything. <laughs> um, but I, I, I kind of, I kind of wonder if Nunn is going to get some run because I thought he was really good, especially in that middle area coming off the pick and coming in. Oof. I think that's something. I don't know. Everybody sighs and rolls their eyes, but Nunn looked pretty good last series when he did get play. Um, and I, I think if Tyler's, if Tyler's not cut out defensively to do it, and if they can't, if they can't do enough with him, I wonder if they get a little bit of Kendrick Nunn. I think to That's your it. point of the Giannis minutes, you also have to remember that Giannis was in foul trouble too, the three times he played against the heat. So that might be something to factor in with those heavy workload minutes. 
Um, Bro, Giannis putting, has had a hard time staying on the floor. They're putting four on him when he gets in the paint, and especially when he's a screener. So, like, they've had him, they'll have him screen up for Middleton or Bledsoe, and then he'll kind of do a short roll and get the ball. And then you have, like, kind of Kelly or Bam on him, and then, like, the guards come and help weak side, and they kind of leave their shooters. And they're just, they're swarming him, which I think is a little dangerous in a playoff matchup, but I don't really know what other choice they have unless they're going to live with playing Bam straight up. What's up? We welcome in our professional screw-up, Alex Toledo. <laughs> Making a quick appearance. Uh, not properly, you know, no, no proper equipment here. Because you're, your, you're in your car. That's are why. you in your car? Yeah, you caught me in the middle of my, my break. I'm just now getting you. back you to You joined. I, I, you weren't invited. You just kind of showed up. Look, man, I was looking at my Twitter notification. I saw the DM. <laughs> I, I saw the link. I'm like, fuck, I'll just join. Alex, what's your <laughs> we Everybody open when I introduce them with their predictions. What do you got? Wait, everybody open with their predictions? Yeah, that was uh, kind of Brian kind of oh, started. Yeah. And I was like, producer, co founder, Brian Goyes, and Brian's like, he'd four. Yeah. Oh, Did I catch you on the spot? The is, right is this yeah, too hard? I, I, so far, this is really I, hard. I am one for one in series predictions. Oh my god, bro! If it, I haven't said mine. If it makes you feel any better, I'm kind of leaning seven. You seven. You I'm kind of leaning bucks and six. Yeah. Am, I the, am I the only bucks pick? I got bucks and six. Oh my god, get the fuck out of here, G. I was I'm, gonna do a bucks pick, but I would feel like too much of a trader. I feel like a trader doing it because he. I've already like he sort of kind of hates me, especially for all the Raptor stuff. So I feel like I have to. I'm ingratiate surprised myself. you didn't you didn't make the joke with the Raptors pick and said no. <laughs> Raptors and seven. Make the bucks pick on five on the floor, <sighs> dude. I'm. I, I got to listen to two podcasts to hear your pick. Is that what you just said? Did I, is, Alex, is, that, is Alex doing like the Pokemon thing where you can like, you know, Shameless you can plug. only catch, you know, some Pokemon in Pokemon Gold and the other in Silver. We got to like get the other half of his take on Five of the Floor. No, I said I said that I would make the other take, the Bucks win take on okay. Five of the oh, Floor. Where oh, I was so, so you got two places to You're make. Hedging? The Stugatsu is strong in you. I was going to say like the, the, that's very Stugatsu of you to hedge your, to hedge your pick like that. Stugatz is a professional, man. He knows what he's doing. All right, I got to ask you before you get out of here. Uh, we talked, we've been heavy on uh, DHO talk here. Do you think this is more of a DHO series or a pick and roll series for the Heat? Nikaias is like, the Bucks can get, you know, east-west really well. They can get across the screen. So he's kind of looking for the Heat to operate more in that pick and roll, kind of going north-south. Kind of what, what's your thoughts on that? That's interesting to me because right away what pops off to me and when you when you said pick and roll was the pick and pop specifically because I think that's going to be there every time and that's something you guys have probably already talked about with, you know, Kelly that I Kelly. think is going to get, uh, you know, he's going to do well in this series because of that. But it's interesting, Nikaias, that you say that. So you, I was worried about Jimmy and Bam being able to go downhill in a pick and roll situation. You think that would help them in this series? I think it helps because Milwaukee hasn't shown that they want to switch which is weird. And even when they've gone to Giannis at the five, which we've seen more since we've been in the bubble, they still have Giannis dropping. They aren't switching those. So I think there are still going to be some intermediate shots available for Jimmy. So I, I think those are going to be some more easy, uh, some easier attempts available for Miami to go to if they want it. So I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if we see more of the Jimmy Bam pick and roll, especially late. Alex very nods interesting. very thoughtfully. Just kind of mar- <laughs> marinating. There's like seven people on this show. I thought somebody else was going to chime in. Nikias, listen, you've come. Listen, we he beat has grown up with seven people on the fucking show. <laughs> just marinating <laughs> in the take. I have a question for Nikias and Frankie. I don't know if it's something you guys are prepared to talk to, but I kind of want to know, is there something that the Heat haven't shown really much 
um, in terms of like actions that they could probably just pull out now in this series. Because I feel like Spolsch is probably going to open up the playbook a little bit more, right? I think they did they do something in the Pacers series you haven't really seen before. Wasn't that one action, I think, in the first game where he had Bam was on the low block and then you were trying to do like a pick and roll with him and Jimmy or something like that? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I forgot what the I name of the was. Called. Way to go. Oh, no, I'll let you go ahead. Yeah, yeah, that was that was uh, some little action, um, little pin down action to get him going to the rim. Uh, they... Uh, I, I thought I thought this using Duncan as a screener uh, was really smart because it, it, it occupies the help a little bit more so he can free uh, he can get a, a screen and come off that action to, to free himself up a little bit more. Um, I was really looking forward to that. I'm glad he used that at finally uh, a lot more. Um, he's gonna have to be really creative. There's no saving anything else in the playbook. It, this is like this is the best team in the conference. You got to open it all up. Um, I would like to see a lot more stuff for Bam, uh, even in, you know, when he catches it at the elbow, mid post, little screen. I would try to get their guards involved, um, uh, especially on Jimmy. Their guards are, are really good at defending. All, all of them can defend one, two, one through three pretty much. Um, so it's not going to be easy for Bam because, uh, you know, Bam still struggles keep with, the, with his hand a little bit. Uh, especially got around guys that like to poke at the ball. So um, I'd like to see, I just like to see a little bit more creativity, unleash everything. Let's see what you got, Spo. You keep evolving. Let's, let's see I mean, it all. You now. had a whole week to prepare for this. You don't think he's going to have something new that he's going to throw out there? I mean, I, Brian, 100%. I, I really think that the stuff with Jay screening for Jimmy is going to be really helpful. And I know they've, the Bucks have already seen that. They've gone through that a lot. But by not involving a guy like Lopez or Giannis, like if 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 Jay is not being defended by one of those guys, and you can operate in a pick and roll scenario where those guys aren't in the play, I think Miami likes that, and that's why they went to it a lot, and they were getting really good looks. I mean, Jay was getting the shots they want, and I know, I know that Milwaukee makes you work a little bit more, but I think that in general, n- not unlike the Pacer series, Miami gets into the offense they want against the Bucks. It's not like. Like a team like the Celtics, when they can switch a lot of actions, they could really, really get to Miami's guards. I feel like that's a series where Miami cannot get the shot quality that they want. I think against the Bucks, even if they have to kind of run an extra thing in it, at the end of the day, their shot profile, and I don't have I don't have like a chart in front of me, but I kind of feel like their shot profile is is pretty similar to what they want. They don't get in the paint as much. Uh, but Jimmy does get to the free throw line and Jimmy does force the issues and to borrow a Nikias and Zach Lowe term uh, dictates the terms of engagement. There we go. Yeah, um, I, re- I, I read. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Uh, I say in turn. terms of something that I haven't seen from the heat much, um, like Iverson action is something that's always been like a staple of Spoh's offense. They Could you explain that, that for the audience that might not know what that is? So it's it's similar to horns where you have two guys at the elbow, but it will be a guy running running across the floor across those two screens before receiving the ball. So I'll I'll post a clip on my Twitter later just to kind of help um, show an example there. But they used to run that for Dwayne Wade a lot to get him the ball, have the defense been already so he can flow right into a pick and roll or flow right into a drive coming off of those two screens. Um, they ran it for Gorn a lot when he first got to Miami and ran it a lot um, during that. Uh, the 30 and 11 season. <laughs> Fun season that was. Let's go. So it's 
it's interesting, especially against a team like Milwaukee that doesn't want to switch. It's interesting that we haven't seen that a lot. It wouldn't surprise me if Miami goes to that a little bit more in late game situations just to get their guards downhill a little bit. And they'll kind of open up those kickouts elsewhere. So that's something I'm going to be watching for. I think it's going to be a really fun X's and O's series, especially for like a show like ours where we're like really, really paying attention to that. Uh, Cause I think this is a bad, I think this is, this matchup is going to be like a canvas for Spo. Uh, and we all know that even though Spo's very stubborn in the playoffs, you know, he's very, very uh, open to lineup changes and strategy changes. And I think that's going to be the really fun part of the series. And Bud is the opposite. Bud's the opposite, which is going to be like, it's, I'm telling like the Heat are so entrenched in how they play offense. Right, Christian? Like they're going to run their DHOs. They're going to try to get Jimmy to the free throw line. And they're going to operate in those areas like almost religiously. Like they don't really deviate from that. And the Bucs have a game plan defensively where we're going to drop, we're going to do this stuff, we're going to fight over screens, and we are not budging. And it's these two styles that I think really give for an interesting matchup that both teams are so committed to doing. And they're both really good at it. They'd have a top 10 offense uh, when it's clicking. It's it's as good as anything in the league, and the Bucs have the best defense in the league. So, like, for me, it's, it's, it's going to be so fucking fun to watch. Like, I'm so excited from a basketball fan to see this. It, it's, it's, it's what I've been waiting for. You've counted on restaurants all your life. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings the food that you've been craving right to your door. Ordering is really easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and the food will be safely delivered outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, The Cheesecake Factory, anything. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery as well. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on the way. Right now, our listeners get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order on $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and use promo code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you use the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget the code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are back in the NFL. Watch NFLSundayTicket.tv. You could stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite device. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. I, I, I actually started looking into one of the things that you said earlier because you, you were talking about how you really wanted to see the, the Heat use Jay as a screener to kind of free up Jimmy. And, and obviously, you know, what happens a lot of times to screeners is that they get forgotten. And Jay has been an incredible spot-up shooter. He's still a mediocre shooter. And I feel like I have to keep saying <laughs> have that, to say that because, you know, I was realizing it earlier. I haven't said it in a while. And, you know, I feel like he's hitting a little bit less shots, right? Like, am I crazy? Yeah, no, I'm not crazy. He's a, he's, a, he's a mediocre shooter. And I'm Bad, reinforcing yeah. that again 
before game one tomorrow because he is a mediocre shooter and mediocre shooters usually don't shoot great when, you know, they get le- left open Below for spot average, up. But yeah. I still think that's a good idea and maybe they should, you know, kind of plan for that, you know, just they're going to forget about Jay. No, they're going to leave Jay open. Because he's a they're bad shooter, so they're not going to defend him like a good shooter. Exactly. But I, I mean, it's obviously incredibly small sample. There was only nine minutes where the Heat played the starting lineup that they used against the Pacers, which is Goran Dragic, um, Jay, uh, Drake Crowder, Jimmy Butler, Duncan Robinson, and Bam Adebayo. And in those nine minutes, the Heat actually outplayed the Bucks. And the most important thing is that the offense was humming. They were shooting over 50% from the field, you know, limited three-point attempts, but that also goes to show that, that they were attacking the basket. They had seven assists to one turnover. The offense was performing well, and the Heat offense has to perform well for them to have a chance in this series. Go, Frankie. I'm actually, like, thinking about it, I'm actually really curious uh, defensively how Spo is going to play this a lot more than offensively. Because I was looking at the starting lineup matchups, and I'm wondering, is Jimmy going to start right away on Middleton? Because I don't really want Duncan on him to get uh, to let Middleton get going. And then uh, are you going to flat out ignore uh, Bledsoe, uh, Lopez, and Matthews? Are you going to try to make them hit shots and beat you? Like, what's I want to, I, I, I'm really wondering what's the defensive game plan here. That's been, that's been the plan. I mean, every game, I mean, they're, I mean, Jimmy's starting off on Middleton, but, other than that, I mean, they're they're going to live with Wes Matthews and, and Lopez hitting shots. You know, like I think Giannis is priority number one, two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, they kind of have Jimmy help off of Middleton if he can. And the rest of it, the, they're going to live with those. I mean, the Bledsoe stuff, Bledsoe can't shoot. So for Miami's drop, it's, it's really convenient because he can't yeah. really hurt them where we're most scared. So like you can have Kelly and Bam or and if Myers gets played Myers, like you can have them drop. And the guard can recover after they get jammed on the Lopez screen or whatever. Uh, so I'm actually like not too concerned about Bledsoe. Watch him go off crazy. Uh, Do we think they're going to try to bring back the zone or maybe like a little box plus one? Either. Like, I, I mean, they especially will. they're going to sick Bam on Giannis. And obviously they're going to bring help. So a box plus one, you know, would kind of make sense there. Like, I, don't think they, I don't think I don't think Spoh's that know. weird. I don't know if Spoh's that weird. No, no, no. But it, it's also the matchup because the box and one – uh, like it's more for like a shooter, like somebody who's going to get off going in the perimeter. Like, are you going to do, are you talking about doing for Middleton or for Giannis? He's, he's, well, no more for Giannis, just, just for the, just for the help, just because just he, 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 he wants to attack those creases and, you know, naturally having people kind of already, you know, they're, they're all going to be pouncing on him, but it's just something to fall back to. See, I think I Chris that. is hitting on something there and I don't know what specifically Spoh's going to do, but I think like, you know, you see the footage of what happened this season. And they played the Bucks once in the bubble, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Without, I, Jimmy, I, without Jimmy, though. Yeah, and Go- yeah. And Goran. Game, Goran wasn't there too. In every game on defense, they were loading up on him, and it doesn't really, it didn't really matter who was guard. I think, like, uh, I'm not sure that Bam is going to be guarding Giannis from the from the go. I think Spoh's no, going to keep. I think he's going to keep him out of foul trouble, and I think we might see like Jay Crowder guarding Giannis to start. And I don't love that matchup, but at the end of the day. I have a really good feeling that they're just going to be loading up. They're going to play, you know, that, that gap defense where they cover all the gaps for him to attack. And that, and I think that's exactly what you guys are hitting on is that Bledsoe, Wes Matthews, and Brooke Lopez, because of uh, all the Heat players helping every single time that Giannis gets the ball, helping in the nail, like Nikaias likes to say, uh, they're going to get those open shots. And I, and I think that's what we're going to see. That's what, a lot of what the Magic did too. Uh, I'd be curious to hear what Nikaias thinks about this, but uh, I, I'm really interested in that. I think that's really the only way 
that the Heat can beat this team is by running that just all the time and just kind of staying disciplined to that. What would you do on 2K, guys? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, turn up the sliders. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I do think, I mean, I think rule number one is just going to be load up the paint against Giannis. That's going to be the first thing. Um, just going back to you a little bit earlier um, about talking about the matchups. I'm at, I'm interested in what Miami does on the defensive end as well, because I would think you don't really want to hide Goran on West Matthews. I don't think because that's going to put Duncan Robinson. If you're going to continue to cross match Duncan Robinson, he's going to have to stay on Chris Milton or he's going to have to guard Eric Bledsoe. And I'm not super fond of that matchup just from a lateral movement standpoint. So I'm, I'm worried Goran is up under picks. Yeah, like Gorn is good. He's better at kind of hitting that spin and sliding under picks versus fighting over them. The one thing that worries me is that the Bucks have, at least in their series against Orlando, they've gone to a lot more Giannis pick and roll with Eric Bledsoe as the screener. So I'm worried that scares if, me. <laughs> if, yeah, if the Heat do continue to play that straight, which would probably be my guess heading into game one, I'm worried that Bud just hammers that from the, from the get-go. You yeah, but screen, if, you just use Eric Bledsoe as a screener, you get Giannis on him, and then you the Heat already want to collapse, but then you're gonna have to send even more help. And then that means the guys that you're helping off of, since Eric Bledsoe is the screener, are the three shooters. It's Wes Matthews, it's Chris Middleton, it's Brooke Lopez, depending on where you spotting up. So I Damn, think that's, that's going to put Miami even more in a bind defensively. You still want to make that bet, like if Brooke Lopez hits 20 or eight footers consistently and beats you tippy cap. But yeah, I do think kind of that. inverting that pick and roll for Giannis is going to be a wild card. I'm not sure Miami has a good answer for. So in that situation, do you want Bam on the ball or do you want him weak side? Or do you want him to come help? Uh, you probably want him to come help. Again, I think you tip your cap with with Brook Lopez, especially with the type of threes that he takes. But um, yeah, that that's just going to be a little bit difficult. Obviously, Miami isn't going to want to switch that. I'm honestly like okay playing that straight up if that's the issue. If if Jay Crowder's on the ball. And if, if they pick Goron or Tyler and and you have Bam come help, and if Brooke's going to hit that, I agree with you. You kind of live with that. Yeah, it's just going to be just the best of mildly inconvenient to bad options. <laughs> I think yeah. Miami ultimately would. <laughs> That's a great name, mildly inconvenient to bad options. <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, uh, there's only 18 or 20 possessions or so, according to NBA stats matchup data, but Goron against Bledsoe, Bledsoe didn't really try to take advantage of him at all. He only took one shot in those 18 possessions. He didn't score. Like, you know, I think you, you try to get away with that. Bro, if Eric Bledsoe fucking beats them, get the fuck out of yeah. here. It's not going to happen. Like, I, I really, listen, he's a good player. Eric Bledsoe's not beating them. Like, I'm sorry. Like, Yanni, Yanni just guaranteed game one, Eric Bledsoe, 32 points. <laughs> After I ranted against Kyle Kuzma, he had like a 20-something point game after my... No, my, don't worry. Johnny doesn't have any of that power. He's a Raptors fan. <laughs> I need to I need to voodoo uh, Daniel Tice. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Eric so are, you guys worried about average. The, are you guys worried about the Middleton Giannis pick and roll and how they defend that? I mean, if, if you have Jimmy and Jay in that, I mean, I, I, there, are, there are worse things to happen. You know I mean, I mean? I'm, I'm worried about... Middleton getting going because that's when things can get away from you. Like the, the magic did a pretty good job of, of keeping him under wraps and they still got washed away in those last four games. So, but I think Jimmy's going to very consistently be on Middleton. And I think that, I mean, I think that's been the one thing that I think I can count on. I mean, Jimmy guarded him mm-hmm. uh, from the jump in the March 2nd matchup. The only one that Jimmy's played. Uh, and they were really, really consistent about that. And even 
even when they were switching pick and rolls kind of late in that game, they were pretty committed and not even switching Jay on to him. They were kind of having Jimmy fight over and stay on him. I think that's going to be the most interesting part of the series because we've only seen Jimmy play this Bucks team once. And the one time they played them, they blew them out. That helps. Uh, to be honest with you, I think that lack of information helps Miami a lot. Um, but I've said this, like, I think if Jimmy hits 40% of his mid-range jumpers, I think that he wins this matchup. I, yeah, I think, for sure. I for think sure. that may be an, a, a massive and offensive oversimplification. Uh, but if he's going to have that mid-range game going, it's going to kind of grease the defense a little bit. And that's going to allow him to get to the free throw line a little more because they're going to have to play him a little bit more honestly. Um, so one thing I did notice that kind of as those games progressed and as Miami got more and more off their dribble handoff action and Giannis started defending it, Giannis was kind of stepping a little bit higher than Lopez, right? So Lopez is dropping like fucking free throw line when they're running the DHO up top. And Giannis is kind of standing a little bit above that, right? When Miami was kind of getting a lot going, because obviously he could recover and he could do more stuff than Lopez. He has quicker feet. Bam did a lot of faking handoffs and kind of going to the rim. He didn't have much success in scoring, but he consistently got there. So that's something to look at if they want to face him up and do stuff like that. So like, there's a lot that they can do like in the seams, but I think the matchup is pretty, I think it's going to be pretty straightforward and we're going to have a lot to talk about game two, three, four, and, and so on as to what they're going to adjust to. Um, the other thing that worries me is there's too many media people picking the heat. I'm uncomfortable with that. I don't like this. I, 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 I this doesn't feel good. I don't understand it. Like they were picking the heat to go seventh in the East before the season started. All of a sudden you haven't beaten the Bucks. Like I, I don't. What the I, fuck's going on every, here? Everybody's like trying to be a hipster now. Is that what Yo, it is? Yeah. They're like, they're like basketball. Hipster. Yo, is there any other sport that does like analysis at analysis hipster like basketball? It takes no. Oh my God. I mean, I'm sure baseball does well. No, dude, I think, right? I mean, we're the, I mean, dude, Paul Bill's baseball was melting. He was like NBA hipster superstar. And like, he played like shit and Twitter was melting. Who, who is that now? Is it OG? OG Ananobi has to be in the conversation. OG oh, Ananobi is like that. He, he's he's up Anytime there. a Raptor, anything a Raptors comes out of. Uh, oh, Raptors Yanni's, are uh, super hipster NBA Twitter. The heater, Duncan Robinson true. might be becoming that guy. That's true. <laughs> bam, 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 bam. I'd be like the, the all-star version of that. Everybody now has like feels the need to like opine on how impactful Bam is every time he's mentioned. It's like <laughs> you have to say it or else you don't know what you're talking about. Yo, like everyone says Zach Lowe, that was my favorite piece you wrote. I was like, okay, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like Bam's kind of overrated defensively now. Like he's great on the ball. Off the ball, he still needs a lot of work, but but people yeah. talk about him like he's amazing lockdown defender like anchor and i'm like ah, is he as good great. of a help guy as hassan or, or am i just being dramatic wow oh. wow wow oh jeez wow. i be dramatic oh, never mind forget i said that he's got shooters uh in the offseason guys it's okay we can talk about him i don't know there's there's too many people picking the heat uh, they're going back on their word sixer twitter is being nice to us now i don't like this I, sedano, I sedano had heat in seven yeah, uh, really weird for a guy that would rather be the Sixers to have them go to the Eastern Conference Finals. So weird. I don't, I don't even the know Sixers, how that works. The Sixers who were built to beat the Bucks, by the way. Remember that. I remember, yes. <laughs> Lost but it takes the, you're right, though. It takes the fun away from, like, picking the Heat to win because it's like, yeah, you got these serious media people in Sedano who, like you said, would rather be the Sixers picking the Heat. Like, now I, 
I might just have to pick the Bucks. <laughs> no, I think the, I think the point is you have to pick the Heat, but in the most amount of games that they win in, because it could be five, six, or seven, or it could be four, like me. That's why I'm going Heat in four. Brian's going Heat in four. Brian's Brian's really out there. Brian's being a a a, a, a hipster homer. But the hipster pick, but the homer, the homer esque side. All I'm saying is, if you guys want to bet real money on it, bet Heat four. Go to bet online with promo code Blue Wire. <laughs> I don't even know if we have a bet online ad, but if we do, you definitely yeah, do a Blue Wire. <laughs> yes, we and do. We have like a bet online ad every week. I haven't checked the email from from uh from Kevin Jones, but I mean, usually there's a Blue Wire. You know, we have some CDC product now, uh, so that's that's fun. The CB, CBD, CBD, uh, CBD. Yeah, yeah, CBD. I'm, not, I'm I, as you can tell, I'm not. Alex could tell us more about that. No, I was no. I, I literally heard CDC. I'm like, wait, the CDC is selling products <laughs> the, the now. CDC sponsoring. We have a CDC product. Thanks, thanks to Blue Wire, the CDC is sponsoring. <laughs> it's a COVID. What a sponsorship. They're they're I mean, selling vaccines now for COVID. A big get for Blue Wire. Oh Kevin, Kevin Jones has killed the game here. <laughs> yeah, I use promo code Blue Wire to get those vaccines. He beat twenty. 20% off your first one. I hate this episode of Black Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so kind of kind of going back to Heat Bucks. We've covered a lot. The offense, the defense, um, kind of Bud's inability or unwillingness uh to adjust. The benches is something that I think Miami is gonna have a bit of an advantage on. And I think that. Without Gorn in the bench, that kind of changes their dynamic a lot. Their bench has been really good, but without Goron, that's a big punch off of it. And Miami's down to playing eight slash nine, depending on uh, kind of if they play. Do you guys think that the Miami bench can survive against the Bucks bench? Do you think that Miami has a bit more depth than they do? Because uh, that's another that's that's another aspect of this. We've only really talked about the starters. Uh, they have to win those minutes, right? Like they have to. I think they have to win the non Jonas minutes. Yeah, yeah uh, I mean, I, I looked it up earlier. I think I posted it in the group chat. Um, I mean, this season, the Bucks starting five was plus 16 in, in the 33 minutes that it faced the Heat. Like, they won, and they won comfortably using that starting lineup that they're going to play heavy minutes in this series. That is, so that's what the Heat are fighting against. They have to win the minutes where those guys are resting. If, if at any point they're all off the court, the better. But obviously Giannis is the one who... Makes the whole thing go. Alex. And the Bucks had the most productive bench all season. Alex, do you think we see Kendrick Nunn? I hope so, man. I really do. Oh, I, you I, hope I, so? I do. I'm saying basketball-wise, I mean, first of all, I think the guy is good. I don't think he, he he's a third, you know, he's a third-string guy. But mo- more than that, I think in this matchup specifically, he's going to get all those open jump shots, and that's what I want him doing. Like, I think it takes away the thinking of the game where he struggles. Is He's just going to get these open shots. And if he were playing next to some of the best playmakers on the team, yeah, I'm good with it, man. I don't want him out there as, you know, as, as a, like a bench creator. I don't want him doing the Goron role. I don't think that's going to work. I think we saw that already, that he's not that guy at this point. And uh, I think Hero is a lot more that guy than he is. And regardless, I think none can, can fit in just fine by by hitting by getting a lot of open shots, by, hit, you know, getting those little pull-ups because Lopez is going to be at the free throw line, like you said. And again, all this changes if the Bucks, if Budenholzer just kind of just starts switching everything, which I don't know, because we, we no obviously way. know he's not no very way. valuable. Because that would really scare me, <laughs> by the way. That's too cool. That's too cool. Bud can't do that. Bud's not that cool. No, he just sticks to the script. But if if that happens, then I don't know. But I think with what we know about the Bucks defense now, I, I'm i in on the idea of Kendrick Nunn playing. I also want Goran resting. And I think Kendrick Nunn can, can definitely fill that role. 15 minutes a game, man. 
I'm just kind of worried about him and Tyler playing together against the Bucks. Like one thing is against the Pacers and other things against the Bucks who have a lot of size and could make life difficult for both of them specifically. But I'm with you. I, I kind of want some Kendrick and I would at least want to try it. Uh, Nikias, I don't know how you feel because I know you're kind of hot and cold on, on none a bit. None is hot and cold on none. <laughs> That's hot and cold on himself. <laughs> but uh, I was actually going to pose the question to you. Who do you trust more in this series? If you had to give one of those guys the knife man spot, would it be him or would it be Derrick Jones Jr.? Oh, man. So Derrick, I thought for as bad a matchup as has unfair a matchup, I should say, as putting him on Giannis. I thought I thought the plan was pretty good in that try to get hands in in like try try to reach in try to really bother him and he's has some length to help with that uh but i just think that there's going to be moments where Derek's going to be pretty unplayable especially on offense if he's like he's not a he's not a shot hitter can't really he's not a, like a particularly good screener he's too skinny he's doesn't have they, they, they need his length though i mean you guys were stressing before that the defense is what really matters and he's going to make a much more profound impact kendrick's barbecue chicken i'm sorry Mm. Like, but but is he gonna get cooked by the likes of George Hill and Eric Bledsoe? Like, I, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, I feel like if there was, a, if there was I mean, a I get, I guess, I get the, the face to tell me Eric Bledsoe's gonna cook them. Look me in the face, Christian. I'm not scared he, of Eric Bledsoe. He's up to 38 now. Eric Bledsoe's <laughs> average. Eric Bledsoe, 8.7 points on 26 minutes in three games versus the Heat. This is his MO. He sucks. 42.9 from the field. I don't know, guys. It's the I don't script. Know. This is the script. This is the this is the hand that Eric Bledsoe has been dealt. It is. Johnny, what you it haven't is. given him the boost though. It is You're what it him is. The boost. So I'm not I, I don't scared trust of that it. guy. I'm sorry. I'm not yeah, scared of that. Yeah, that can't shoot. I'm just. He's not going to magically be a good shooter. I'm going to put myself on. He like shot forty percent against the Heat, though. He did shoot four. <laughs> he did shoot forty I mean, percent like, against the Heat. The thing that's just tough is that like. Ever since he's been back in the bubble, Kendrick is just not, he just can't make a shot. And like, if he's not making shots, like, how is he adding value? What does, I think he needs to be on the floor with one of Jimmy or Bam pretty much at all times. I don't think like uh, him and Hero, I've been adamant about this, but I just don't think that's the way they should should roll right now. I think he needs to be on the floor with one of their main guys, kind of like Myers. You think? I don't think my. Do you think Myers? You really just think Jimmy's presence is going to make him not climb the front rim? No, man. I'm just saying he had a lot of minutes there where he was kind of doing everything by himself. And I don't think he's that guy. Like, I just want him to be a spot up shooter and somebody who can kind of take an open pull up shot. And I don't think we saw that. Like, I don't think we saw him in that role a lot of times, uh, you know, when he was playing in the bubble. I, I, I just don't I'm not betting that this guy who was hitting shots all year and was a 15 points per game as a rookie as pretty much just hitting those shots for most of his shot profile. I don't think it's gone. Like, I think they're going to those shots are going to be there and I think he can hit them. And I think uh, it's like Myers. He needs to be playing with those elite guys to get good looks and to not really have to do anything else on offense. I think in a way the Bucks have the most, one of the most exploitable kind of schemes in the league right now. And exactly, think, exactly. And they have good, so many shooters. Don't get me wrong. It's They're the fucking best team in the league. Like, let's not get it twisted. Like, they are the overall number one seed for a reason. Like, they deserve everyone's respect. I think even though we're all, like, cocky and, like, kind of bolstering, like, I think in a way we're all a little scared. Uh, you know, no it doubt, go, no it doubt. Go, that shit could go south fast. Uh, but despite all of that, they have a scheme that's exploitable because of their drop. And I think that if you have a guy and if you bet, if if you give Kendrick, listen, 
Kristen, remember how Spo used to use Mike Miller in uh, in the 2012? Mm-hmm. Quick hook. You don't make a couple shots, you're out. Mm-hmm. And I could see them doing that with Kendrick. I could see him doing that, kind of putting him in early. I mean, if you want to have it. a really like like a like yeah, if he, has, if he doesn't hit his first couple of shots, yeah, like him, out, that's okay, it. yeah. Like, yeah, the thing I, I that uh, helps him uh, matchup wise is uh, Indiana. I mean, Indiana. Uh, Milwaukee <laughs> doesn't really have that guard that's going to hit the pull up shots uh, that you're scared of. Maybe George um, Hill, but I don't. I don't know if yeah, you count but, on the but volume. He, uh, he he's he's more of a catch and shoot guy. He can he can hit him, but I, I'm not uh, gonna get. You're not gonna get volume out of him. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not that afraid of playing none because he's he's also played well against them. I'm terrified of DJJ. Honestly, Derek like unless you're going to against the Pacers, he looked so bad he against the Pacers, bad. and Milwaukee's a lot better. <laughs> Yo, Miles Turner has become suddenly Giannis, and it's it's just different. <laughs> TJ Warren is Middleton. It's just everything's scarier. Everything's scarier. And I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying DJJ is never going to play this series. You know, you're especially <laughs> end of games when you just need to stop. Uh, you know, of course, Spo has been doing the all defense lineups, which I love. Uh, but I I don't think he's like I don't think you could really count on DJJ unless he starts hitting those shots. Derek Jones Jr. averaged ten points in sixteen minutes against the Pacers or not against the Pacers against the Bucks. Like wait what? Um, shot thirty eight percent from three and made yeah, wow. every single free throw. It's not real. He's gonna need to do that. And like, let's be honest with you. Like Andre is not a fucking marksman, and if they're gonna have they're gonna have to play Andre heavy minutes. I just don't really think you can survive playing both Playoff of those guys maybe. at the same time, especially with Bam, who's another non-shooter. And so Miami my, my has... And what? And, and Jimmy. Jimmy's and Jimmy. a non-shooter, too. There's a, you know, like, Miami, Miami, like, runs a very thin line of their lineups, right? Because they they have a lot of their key guys can't shoot, and they, they can't... You know, it's hard to play them all together all the time. And if they do, there's a lot of motion, there's a lot of off-ball screens, and there's a lot of misdirection. And it's not something that you can run for 48 minutes. It's exhausting. It's hard. It's mentally taxing. And I think that's something that fans look at and they go, why don't you do this the whole game? Because that's just hard, man. When you're when you're running all these screens and you're doing all this stuff and guys have to be in specific places because you have to finagle your way around your lack of shooting, you know, it's tough. And you run that stuff late in games in the fourth quarter when you have to, but you try to stagger those minutes as much as you can. So... I think adding Derek to the mix makes it tough. I think the Celtics or the Raptors is a matchup where you can use him a little bit more because there's not an offensive player as punishing as Giannis. And like at the end of the day, I think you want Derek in for defense. And I don't really think Derek's going to considerably bother Giannis. And maybe you can throw him on a guy like Jalen Brown or Siakam or, you know, OG Ananobi or something, right? Like to kind of, you know, buy you a couple minutes, buy you 10, 11 minutes. Um, but against the Bucks, it's just, I don't know. I don't, I don't really see it. How about some Solomon Hill minutes? No, I'm, I'm, I'm here for the crossover master. I'm ready. I don't think he'll get playing time. I think that they're going to pretty much. Is stick. it bad that I'm, I'm more down for that than Kendrick minutes? Am I just being a hater at this <laughs> no, point? You're, listen, I'm more in for Solomon Hill minutes than Kendrick, but I don't think we get the crossover specialist Solomon Hill. I can't wait for him to come back on the show and introduce him as God, a crossover Anybody specialist. talks about anime and, and Gianni is uh, listen, uh, a full I'm a fan. stand for. <laughs> Yo, I think Rudy Gobert likes anime, but I'm not standing him. I draw the line at Rudy Gobert. Yeah, I thought it. it was funny that, that you laughed at the Black Mirror joke earlier, considering I'm like, this, this guy, you don't know that. You don't know that. Like, that's not an anime. I would, what are you talking about? The what? 
that I laughed when at you the made the Black Mary joke and you were all in on the joke. <laughs> Leave me alone. How many episodes <laughs> of Black Mary you seen? None, but I know the concept. <laughs> I haven't I watched. Feel. I haven't watched like so. I, I've said this like many a times. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but I think I've tweeted and stuff. I don't. I don't watch a lot of television. I think the last show I watched was The Good Place. I've watched The Good Place and Pose. And that's about <laughs> the extent of my like television that I've watched in the last five years. And I haven't seen a movie since Get Out. How many seasons of Rathery's Basketball have you watched? Um, <laughs> when did Lowry get traded? Two. Two. Get the fuck out of here. We know hey, the deal. No, you, you guys want to know who leads the Heat in on-off differential against the Bucks this season? Ooh. Derek Jones. Let me guess. <laughs> Kendrick Nunn. Uh, <laughs> it's not Duncan. Solomon Hill. Justice I think it is well. Derek Jones. Justice I think it's Derek Jones. There it is. <laughs> who is it? It's Justice. Let's yeah. go, man. Our fallen son. Do you not remember that first game? Ugh. Do you not remember? I was at a bar in Sunrise. Who was at a watch party. Alex and I were arm in arm watching. I was I mean, watching on my phone at Aventura Mall. That, I I mean, that's that's wait that. a second. What's the funniest setting that you've watched an important Heat game? Because uh, I watched game one of the finals against the Spurs the first time. Uh, in my in my car because the the house I went to that we were gonna watch the game the cable went out so I went in my car on my phone and I watched the game I watched Tony Parker do that to us on my phone oh the the Heat overtime win against the Bucks uh, that was pretty much Justice and Bam leading the way at the end was and I was Kelly, watching and that Kelly. and Kelly oh, I was watching Kelly that refreshing cat. my phone at a wedding reception wow I I um. The last season, Heat Raptors, uh, the Heat really needed that win to make the playoffs. That was, you know, Dwayne's last season and everything. Uh, I watched that game at a first communion in the church. Excellent. I sat in the back and I'm fist pumping off every Dwayne Wade mid-range pull-up. And the priest walked by me and I made eye contact. I'm like, I'm not fucking turning this off, bud. Father, forgive me, (laughs) but the heat is on. (laughs) Was that the the Danny Green three in the corner yeah. Oh, I was at that game. Uh, suck. No, uh, terrible. No, was that was that in Toronto? I don't remember how that game ended. I had really bad service. It was it was the worst. It was the worst experience. If, if it was uh, the home game, that was I took my brother. That was the first game my brother ever gone to. I he think goes it to me after been. that game. He goes to me after that game. He goes, "How do you do this shit? My heart is pumping." He goes, "You watch every game." <laughs> like, yeah, this is being a sports fan. Have you ever watched a basketball game in, in a service? In a uh, where? Yes. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Which one? Which one? Which one? Which one? Do you have a memory? Uh, do I have a memory? Like I've I've watched a few, like I've watched a few Heat games. I think I watched Heat Bucks. Uh, was that on a? I feel like that was on a weekend. So that might have been at church or at I work. So. I watched that one. The the, the latest one was yeah. It was like on uh, a Sunday. I mean the overtime one with Justice. Oh no, that was yeah, that was on a weekend. That actually was, I think that yeah, was on that a, was on a Saturday. That was on a or Sunday. Night. Sunday. Yeah, Saturday. So then I would have been at work trying to stream that one. Uh, during the 2013. Oh, sorry, <laughs> my bad, Nick. No, no, you're good. You're good. That's all I have to say. Uh, during the 2013 championship run, I watched several Heat Pacers games at a highly movie co. Let me just end it there. I want to end it there. Wait, a Hylia what? <laughs> movie go. What's a movie? movie no, it's, it's a, a movie, movie theater change. Movie theater. <laughs>
You've never seen the movie co. Movie co. Yeah. <laughs> movie co. <laughs> oh, oh, movie co. Oh, I've never seen these. I've never heard anyone say it like that. Like me? Movie co. Movie co. Like something like Hispanic food that comes in a can. That's what I thought of. That's what I thought of. Wait, what? It's like a it's like a fucking knockoff materva or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we should end the show. <laughs> oh man, yo, good shit, okay, guys. Yo, sorry for coming on with. Oh, dude, that was awesome. Moment. Wait, what? was that when they were showing games at the movie go? Yes, yes, it was oh, amazing. God, I remember. Bro. I remember they were sh- they would show the fights and stuff. I don't. I didn't know they showed the game. I wasn't bro. sure if they showed the games too. Amazing! Like some of the best unforgettable heat experiences are gonna come in those movie calls. Like it was amazing watching <laughs> on a huge screen. Oh. Everybody in there just going fucking nuts. It was amazing. How bro. many of those Cubans had no idea what the fuck was going on? Oh, bro, oh yeah, kidding me, man. The, <laughs> the Hispanics, the Cubans, hop on so quick. They don't care if, if they don't know what that's what I'm saying. Games all year. I Bro, saw. I remember. All these I saw people in my family don't know what the fuck's going on. They're just like, hey, no, and basket. Man, when we won, we will go to Forty Ninth Street. Hey, Twain, hey, Frankie, you ever been to Forty Ninth Street after they won? Oh no, I haven't, bro. I so uh, in in '06, I was I was too young. I was uh-huh. watching it in my in my car in my mom's room. In 2012, I we had just moved into the house, and in 2013, I was in Massachusetts. So, wow. yeah. I have it. Oh. I've only gone to one parade. I've never been to a parade, man. Damn, for I, you. I, Alex, I, let's go this year. <laughs> they fucking have one. Oh, that's right. I COVID, forgot COVID. No, virtual, virtual parade. We'll have a, we'll have a oh, virtual parade. Eight hundred thousand person Zoom meeting. <laughs> yeah, for real. I know. So, I, so I an just episode remember of Heat Beat. <laughs> 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 I just remember the, the funniest uh, Heat playoff game I was at. Uh, I watched. I was at a Marlins game watching at the bar, and I was hugging everybody. Oh man, just thinking uh-huh. back, knowing what COVID is now, I'm just shaking. <laughs> I'm shaking. <laughs> I hugged so many people I've never seen in my life. I think I did a watch party for was a game five of um, was a bull, the first time the Heat went to the finals with the big three. They oh played, yeah, game they five. played the Bulls. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that at the um, the American Airlines arena. They had it on their drumotron outside. That yeah. was fucking fun. Oh my god! Did your dad? That, I, did that your game dress was up the as funniest game. Yes, oh, you did. I, I walked out of. I had. A, I threw a party for that. I walked out of my house. I like literally when the Heat went down. I wa- I had no guts. I walked out of my house. They what game? The game where Dwayne and LeBron <laughs> score like the last eleven points off and threes, on threes, all on fucking threes. And That's shit. when they yeah. played the lineup, Yo. the Udonis Miller oh, big three man. lineup. You're talking about the Chicago game. I had turned my TV off, man. I swear <laughs> Yo, to God, I was so God. fucking done, dude. Bro, that season was toxic. I like didn't want to lose. It was like, so I, bad, man. Like, it was so like, bad. Yo, have you guys watched any of that Dallas series? I I can't watch a single oh, no. highlight. I can't watch so, a second of that shit. In the beginning of quarantine, they reshowed game two. The yep, second yep. the way I started shadow boxing, I turned that shit off. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, didn't, I don't. That, that, what a good game! I can't believe the they won game two. <laughs> when no, he LeBron, were good, man. But then dude, dude, I, I, I remember my mindset when he did the shadow boxing. I was like, "Oh, this series is fucking over." Me too. Dude, oh, like, me, too. me too. They, they can't hang with us. Over. They can't yeah, fucking hang with us. If they would have won that and then continued on to win in twelve and thirteen, we would have had to wait in LeBron's shadow boxing statue outside the arena. Oh, for dude, one hundred percent. I was so bummed out that night. 
I never. Oh my God. I went. I, I ate at a at a bar that ended up being the uh, where Shake Shack is on US One now. Mm-hmm. But uh-huh. I never went back there ever again. <laughs> and, never, never will. and the experience was fine. But like, <laughs> shit. Um, I have a question. I, I have a question because I'm I'm really like, what's with the Heat win this playoff series? What would this like? What oh would be the last God. playoff series that would feel as good as winning this playoff series? Oh my God. Yo, hold on. We're gonna keep this in the pod. No, I want. I want to keep all of this. This is good shit. We're keeping. We're keeping this, man. I don't know, Brian. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to compare it to a finals, but bro, beating the Celtics in in 2011. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking the Celtics. We we were the favorite. Alive. No, we weren't. I don't think we were. I don't think we were favored by Vegas. I don't think they were were the favorite. No, I don't think they were. That's I don't remember. Remember, they had they had lost to the Celtics three times in the regular season that year. Yeah. They they could not close. Don't you remember Dwayne? Like they couldn't close against the the, the Thunder or something, and Dwayne's punching the the fucking rib, the side of the backboard because he's so frustrated and they look like all out of sorts. They didn't know what to do at the end of games. It was bad. I don't now think I anything against the Celtics because uh they, they won their they last played, meeting. Yeah, they, okay, they played their the first three right meetings shot. like up until like January, February. And then the last one was like in April, like right before the season ended. And that was when they had got all, their full roster, their full, fully adapted. And they blew them out. The Celtics couldn't hang with them. So that was right then and there, I was like, no way. These, these guys are washed. We're, we're whooping these guys. The Bulls scared the fuck out of me though. No, that shit felt good, dude. That When they beat the Celtics, because I mean, remember yeah. how it ended. It's it's a LeBron 10-0 run. It's Dwayne taking the charge and running down the, the fucking game. floor, screaming, LeBron pounding his chest. Bro, I felt so fucking alive. Man, I, I feel like it. if they win this series, we're going to have moments like that. Oh, no, I mean, yeah. it, it just sucks that there's going to be no fans because if there are, imagine if they have a fucking oh, game six on, in man. Miami and if, the, like, if that, Dude, that beat. It just said that. something, man. Dude, we've been robbed. We've, we've been, been robbed. so robbed. I mean, oh imagine God. the series against TJ Warren. What the he? What we would have done as fans there? It's also that they they don't really have a rivalry against the Bucks. Like we hated the the anybody the big three played against. We hated them pretty much. That was like a competitive series. We're just kind of like, scared of the Bucks. <laughs> I I'm not like I respect the Bucks. I'm not scared of them. But like, there's nobody, there's nobody that like I hate on the Bucks. That's annoying. There's no Kemba Walker even that like. Is I hate Ilyasova. No, I hate Ilyasova. Oh, Ilyasova. Yeah, that's true. I think got, that if it got, was like the Sixers, it'd be different. Yeah. Like if the Sixers were as good as the Bucks, and if yeah, they beat, yeah, yeah. that'd yeah, be something exactly. that is like okay. If well, they like, were as good as everybody thought they were going to be before exactly. the season. Because like, there's even, not even like Bucks fans that are on Twitter that are annoying as well. I don't even know Bucks so, fans on like, Twitter. Exactly. So I'm like, Nikai is like, a Bucks fan. Who are you going against? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Nikai is That's like a the sole proprietor of <laughs> That's a cap. <laughs> That's a cap. <laughs> Classic tweet. Oh my God. Oh my God. Did you ever God. delete that? For everybody who doesn't know, yes, Brian, I did. Brian tweeted, that's a cap. I don't know what he tweeted it for. And he said, to, somebody said to the group chat, like, who the fuck tweeted this? I forgot what the tweet was, but yes, I did. I tweeted. That. I mean, I sent it to the Alex is like, what, what, chat. Brian not knowing slang is my favorite thing ever. That's a oh, cap. Brian, I totally thought it was, it was Johnny. So come on, man. Give me some credit. <laughs> I thought it was a typo. I grew up in Kendall, hip hop era. That's exactly why he, he thought it was you. <laughs> yeah. 
I listen to too much Young Jeezy to get slandered like this. Oh my god! <laughs> you bring up Young Jeezy as like your hip hop credentials more than white people who, who claim they're not racist. <laughs> it's not a racist. I have a black man in my playlist. What do you mean? Not racist, yeah. That's exactly what I'm Young not does racist. With Young Jeezy has bars. Oh my god! He's the guy. He's the guy who confused Young Jeezy with Young Jock or something. Stop! No, how dare you? That's offensive. <laughs> It's not going down. Young Jock had one song better than everything anything he's he ever put out. That was the whitest thing you've ever said. But that was that was good though. That was good. It was good. That was good. That song sucked. Oh, get out of here, man. That song sucked. Oh, I hated walk. Yo, that and walk it out. They came out like at the same time. I fucking hated them. What? Walk it out was whack. Get out of here, man. Miami card has been disrespect DJ Young ever. Fuck Your Miami out. card has been revoked. Nah, nah. You fuck with Walk It Out? Everybody uh, in Miami fuck with Walk It Out. Me? It's, it's if, like you're, every, okay. if, you're, if you're at the bar and you're dancing with some oh, girl, totally, you've had yeah. a few drinks and that yeah. song comes on, you tell me you're not going to like... I am. I am. I am. You're yeah, with his arms crossed. <laughs> I don't like no. this song. Chris, Chris, you look like a wacky inflatable arm guy. <laughs> <laughs> What's one song I have to put in my wedding playlist? El Baile del Beeper. That one for it's sure. Going down. Yeah, that one has. To. I mean, that's okay. that's the song. We it's already on there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Any merengue will get me dancing. Any merengue, I'm there. We be spinning more than Giannis. Did someone say playoffs, NBA and NHL are playing for gold and our partners Bet Online have you covered? Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports. And remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportbook experts. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.